All right, Dale, I just got word that we're getting ready to go to the final edit, but they noticed that there are some random kids in the background of these shots. I guess we forgot to give all of these kids names. Oh, geez, Chris. Oh, what do we do, man? Uh, We have all these kids in these shots. We've got to give them names. You know, I think if we just just made up some... Look, we're we're two white middle-aged Hollywood screenwriters. I think we can just come up with some black names real quick. That's not really that hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never hung around any black people so i wouldn't know anything about like their names but i've I've seen enough movies i think uh one of the characters in this movie is called g baby but what Mm. if we just called another one baby g and their brothers and their brothers it's it's their cousin that they never knew about until just now well they could be brothers cousins i mean you know they all look alike right yeah 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 yeah. okay uh um mm. So we gotta have oh what's the top we gotta have an older older kid, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so it's ironic you know we use a lot of irony in this movie maybe right. if the tall kid's name is like little Buster, little Buster like he's, like he's little he, right. he's big right. but he's little right. little Buster little Buster I like little Buster yeah I think we might have to give a little Buster a speaking part Ooh, uh, I like it. I was thinking there's a lot of gunshots in this movie. What if one of their names was just gunshots? Like sound effects? Yeah, just like like the guy from Police Academy. So when he's going down the line, he's saying, okay, hey, what's up, G, baby? Hey, what's up, baby G? Yeah. What's up, Sharquavius? Yeah. And then one kid is like, what's up? Bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Chief Keef is from Chicago, right? They, they like that. Yeah. What if we just call one of the characters Chief Keef? Yeah. Ooh, wait, I've got one. What about, because I know they like chicken. What if one of their names was just Little Chicken? <laughs> little Chicken. <laughs> it's perfect. I think we got it. I think we got it. I, we're going to make a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we just go through this absurd world of white savior films, and then we recontextualize them and reimagine them through a Black and POC lens. I am your host, Jordan Clark, along with my co-host, Cameron Mason. And today, two very special guests that we're so, so very happy to have on uh, from the Black Girl Film Club podcast. We have Ashley, Brittany. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Woo! Hey! Thank you guys for having us. Uh, Of course, of course. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we, one of the reasons we started the podcast was we were just kind of looking around and like wanting to have more spaces where Black people talk about film. Um, You know, we're we're clearly talking about some (laughs) some wild films and white savior films. You guys, we've been going through it recently. Yeah, Uh, you guys do some great work just talking about Black film in general. Uh, And really love your podcast and appreciate what you guys do. So tell, yeah, yeah, tell everybody about your show and what they can expect when they tune in? Um, well, I'm not even sure what year we're on. I feel like we're on 
<laughs> year three, year four, we always say that time um, isn't real. So, um, but we've been doing the show for a while now. I think we're on like maybe our 70th or so episode now, but um, mm-hmm. basically yeah. me and Brittany kind of go and pick um, movies that kind of have similar themes. Um, so they're not always black films. Um, we kind of do a wide variety of movies and we just kind of give a little compare contrast. Um, <laughs> we have kind of very different tastes, I feel. Brittany's more um, in the horror genre and I'm kind of more in like the d- drama indie realm. So it, it gives a lot of we have a, little, a lot of good conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes we have guests on um, where we talk about their favorite movie, um, but mainly it's kind of just, it's as simple as that. It's not like a new formula, but I think it's different because we're two black girls. So where somebody white or not white maybe might take a movie at face value, we kind of go in and kind of really get in there and we're like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> and here's why. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Brittany, to that. It's just a conversation between friends about film. It's just yeah. that simple. And just a little bit of like, what what was it that made you want to get into doing podcasts and doing a film podcast specifically? Um, well, so <laughs> I think me and Brittany were kind of coming to this independently because I know Brittany had talked about how she wanted to start a podcast. I listened to podcasts, but I just had, I had like no real interest in it at first, like mm. actually doing it myself. But um, it was kind of around the time where like the Harvey Weinstein stuff was kind of dropping. And there was some stuff with um, like Alamo Draft House, which is like my favorite movie theater chain. So there's a lot of like real sinister things happening. And then I would see stuff on Letterboxd because I'm a, a, a heavy Letterboxd user. Dang. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to exchange usernames at the Definitely end of this. exchange Letterboxd after the show today. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was kind of weird. I'd see girls say, I didn't like this movie and this is why, or at least female identifying people say, I didn't like this movie and here's why. And then a guy would always come in and be like, well, you're wrong and this is why and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, there's no real place for like me and my friends to really talk about movies other than like just shooting the shit on the timeline. But I was like, I wonder if like, it'd be cool to like start like a film club or something like that and and just talk about them. Um, and some people have actually been like, oh, is this like a real film club? Like, do y'all meet? And I'm just like, I wish, <laughs> but like me and Brittany live on like opposite sides of the country now. So it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to do like actual like physical things. We've never done yeah. that before, but yeah, that's kind of where it really started, at least for me. So, yeah. And for me, like I listen to a lot of film focused podcasts. And what I've noticed is that there aren't a lot of black people, people of color hosted at the time that I started listening to them. They were primarily hosted by white men, especially yes. more comedy focused film um, podcasts. And they were missing things when talking about films. Like mm-hmm. if they're talking about a black film, you're not getting all the in jokes, you're not getting all the nuances with the films. And you're just not getting the whole picture. So that's kind of what prompted me to want to start a podcast. And I knew Ashley really liked film and I was like, okay, well, I want to talk about it with my friend. And I approached Ashley with the idea and that's where it got started. 
For sure. Well, I I can say I appreciate what you guys do. And it's definitely a needed space within the podcasting space because that was kind of where me and Cameron were coming from was like, we want to do a show. We don't know about what, um, you know, I came with the, the white savior angle, but like, I think there's a lot of space for, you know, black people and people of color to talk about film, but like media at large, just because like, they're they're showing us you know like they're they're trying to show us to us and like we need to be there to critique it because sometimes as we're going to talk about today it gets it gets a little out of hand uh so, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, especially now i think there's been like the sort of push of like representation which i don't want to like ever like talk down about that because you know it is important to see yourself on screen but you also have to make sure that what people are showing you even people who look like you <laughs> when they're showing you things too you should be like um is that legit who are mm -hmm. you giving like who are you doing this for is this for a different audience but you're putting a bunch of black people in it mm -hmm. to make me watch it and give you money because mm -hmm. i don't like that <laughs> please don't make me part with my money like that yeah. so yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> well you guys came to us you almost chose violence and then you uh <laughs> you you steered in another direction so tell us tell us what movie you are gonna make us watch and then tell us <laughs> what movie you ultimately decided upon we were gonna watch soul man we okay. talked about it because okay. Brittany, like maybe two years ago popped up out of the blue on our our little um messenger chat or whatever and was like what if we watch soul man and it was i was like what are you talking? I think it was like at the end of the work day too. So I was already like, what? <laughs> and, then, and I looked at my phone and I was like, no, <laughs> just N-O, no discussion. I have no interest. Because <laughs> I was like, what are, like, what are we going to do? Like talk about blackface for two hours. Like I can't, <laughs> but then at the same time, I mean, I figured like, if we're going to talk about it, this would be the place to talk about it because we're not talking about it on our show. <laughs> so yeah. somebody else is going to have to ask us to talk about it because I just can't bring myself to, to sit through that. Like I just, yeah. we're going to do it eventually. Eventually. But, uh, <laughs> we're going to punish ourselves. Eventually. Bless y'all for that. <laughs> maybe you can come back. I mean, maybe you can come back. We'll, we'll do, we'll get the chance to do it then, but yeah. Not, oh yeah. Not today. Okay. Ready yourself, Brittany. I'm, I'm ready. I, I could, I could do it. I think. <laughs> then we also talked about doing the help which i know that y'all i think i've already mm -hmm. done no and we're, we're, getting, we're gonna get to it <laughs> you're gonna no, get okay sure. so i i talked about i wanted to talk about that because i thought it was interesting how like that was almost the movie i think that was the movie that like put viola davis on the map as mm -hmm, far as in like mainstream audiences mm -hmm. but Brittany said no because she hadn't seen it before and she said she didn't invite that into her home <laughs> but she was I didn't a, want that in my soul like but, see but I you've have already, already seen, seen soul, man. soul man so that's already a part of me you've already <laughs> seen soul man yeah so she doesn't have a problem <laughs> with this you're gonna be fine during the help exactly mm -hmm. you're gonna be just I didn't fine invite newness into my spirit <laughs> Like <laughs> the help would be new. It would be new. And I didn't want it. It'd be new that. hostility. Yeah. yeah. That's what that was the logic there. So yeah, that, that. that's that. how we landed on hardball. Brittany mm. said, let's do it for G baby. And um this is just cute hostility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just adorable hostility. I think it's we're both like members the of the ducks. Oh God. <laughs> it's basically the mighty ducks. That's basically the same thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. news bears too. Baseball. Yeah. 
Chicago, I think Mighty Ducks is what Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Yano. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's well, a plus. <laughs> Everything else is. I think, I think we're fans of Keanu on this podcast, even though oh, we. Yeah. This is his second appearance on the show. Yeah, we, we've uh, wiped the floor with the Matrix. <laughs> oh, really? I need to go back with that. Have you put that one out yet? I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to definitely listen to that. We one talk cause... about the entire trilogy. Just take yeah. it to task. Oh, see, I don't even know the third one like that. I just know really one and two. You don't really but... need to. Yeah. 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 You don't. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Extracurricular activities. Okay. Well, this is this is the question I want to start and go around with, because when I went back to watch this movie, I was like 90 percent sure that I had seen this in theaters because I was like, when else would I have seen this movie? Like when when else would I have watched this? Because it came out when I was in middle school. So I was like, yeah, okay." like that, you know, Coach Carter came out. I saw Coach Carter like this was in like the realm of like sports films with black characters that I would have been okay like yeah let me go see that movie um but then I was like did I so I'm I'm 90 I'm 90 percent sure I saw this in theaters because like a lot of it was familiar and I knew I'd seen it but had anybody else seen did anybody else see this movie in theaters or was this anybody's first time watching hardball this wasn't my first time but I don't remember watching it all the way through um, I didn't see this in theaters. I actually watched this at home. I had like a, I don't know, 2001, 2002 was like a big Keanu year for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's when I started getting into like his movies a lot. I don't know what that was about. But um, yeah, I, I watched part of this. And so I remembered like scenes, but I didn't connect the whole like story together I didn't remember like anything with Keanu's character other than like he was coaching this baseball team um but yeah it's kind of a weird like I don't know when this was in theaters (laughs) so I'm not even Mm -hmm. sure what I have been interested because at the same time like my sixth grade teacher played us like remember the titans like every freaking day when she didn't feel like teaching (laughs) so like this genre wasn't unfamiliar to me but at the same time I was kind of like it just kind of popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, interesting fact related to that. This is actually the first movie that came back to theaters after 9-11. Yep. And it topped the, the box office. And it topped the box week. office. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, also, weird fact, both those movies, uh, Hardball and The Glass House that opened that weekend, starred Diane Lane. Yeah, she was getting, <laughs> Why? She was getting checks. She was now, out what here. Happened? What happened to Diane Lane? She's, she's a lot here. She's, she's in the TV. Justice League movie now. She's, um, oh, yeah, yeah. She's Ma Kent. She's Superman's yeah. mom. Oh yeah, I forget that all the time. So still yeah. getting still out though. here. Yeah. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> Brittany, did you see this in theaters? Oh, y'all didn't brought back a memory. I did not see Hardball in theaters, um, but I did see the Glass House in theaters that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but I did see this like on video okay. Um, around that time. Cause like I was saying, um, my cousin loved Lil Bow Wow. So the song on the soundtrack, we had to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I also watched this earlier this year after watching Speed. Mm. So okay. I had a <laughs> Keanu moment earlier. 
Uh, Cameron, what about you? I imagine this is not a movie you saw. The- <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> no, I didn't see this in theaters. Actually, have you seen it before, though? No, not. I remember the song, though. I definitely remember that. Song. When I heard it, I yeah, was like, yeah. Ooh, remember this? Yeah. Remember Sammy? <laughs> uh, all that and all the littles we talked about. We'll talk all about the it later. All, all the littles. But um, uh, I definitely remember the song. I definitely remember the movie like trailer because I remember the trailer, including the um, like the picture had his little dance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh other than that no this is kind of like a fresh watch for me <laughs> uh yeah we watched it it was we'll get into it yeah let's let's because i because our... i was definitely expecting something and then <laughs> i didn't get that <laughs> well let's let's get into our uh five minutes white bullshit segment cameron who, you want I, you want me to take it oh i got it I got okay, it. Yeah, okay, I, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sound ready. Alex, like yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll set the timer up. We I'll have, timer, we have never gotten this under five minutes. We're going <laughs> to, I swear, I swear, we're going to do it on this show. What, gonna, is the, what is the closest we've gotten? You were like one minute off once. Oh, boy. You weren't okay. even, you weren't even too far off. Yeah. But it was still like six minutes instead of yeah. five. Yeah, well, because we've watched, we've done this with a lot of long movies, though. I think is our right. Problem. We're punishing I mean, ourselves a little bit. Here. Yeah, We're, we can actually make it happen. They're trying to do Dance with the Wolves in five minutes. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Even though That's nothing a- happened, nothing happened. Right, that, that movie, was the worst still, part. Like, yeah. there's so much yada yada in that movie, and we. <laughs> That's still- a journey. That's a <laughs> journey in the movie. Uh, all, all right, let- so I got you ready. Okay, count me down. All right, three, two, one. Okay, so Hardball starts off with a uh, returning white savior, Keanu Reeves. He's playing <laughs> Connor O'Neill, who is, he's down bad. He's, he's a gambler who is just like in it for real. He's down several thousand dollars to this bookie and this person who runs this bar. Uh, so we meet him. He's betting on some game, which this is one of the issues with this movie is this is clearly like a division three basketball game that they're trying to tell us is an NBA basketball game, which I don't even know why he would show the film. That was so weird. That was so weird. <laughs> but they do it several times. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a choice. Um, but he he loses his bet that he plays. So he tries to run out the bar. They catch him outside. They start beating him down. Real white man energy because he's like, nobody can kick my ass like I can. And he just like <laughs> beats himself up <laughs> and gets thrown in jail. But then after that, his his friend bails him out. Uh, but he's he's not the homie because he leads the the bookies right to his house and they come in and they're basically like yo you need to give us x amount of money each week or like we're going to start breaking stuff so he goes to there's a lot of weird nebulous relationships in this movie he goes to somebody who i assume is his friend and it's just like hey i need you to write a check for x amount of dollars he's like i'm never giving you money again because i saw that happen the last time but inexplicably if you coach a little league baseball team <laughs> we'll give you five hundred dollars a week and so he doesn't really have any other choices so he agrees to do that uh he shows up at cobrina green with these kids who are uh like there's seven or eight of them they're ready to go he shows up with his friend his friend is like sight guess what you're coaching the team for real for real because i'm going to new york so like that's basically the deal like i get the credit my company gets the credit for like sponsoring this team, but like you're the one who has to like coach them. And so we meet all the kids. There's Andre Ray Peets. There is, who's my man? There's Connor, Kofi, 
there's who is there's Miles, there's Jefferson, and there's Jamal, who is Michael B. Jordan making his film debut. And so like off top, all these kids got a mouth on them, all kinds of bitches and like other <laughs> stuff. And they're like cursing at him and cursing each other out. And he's getting frustrated and flustered. Like there, it takes 40 minutes for us to actually get to a baseball game. This movie's only a little over 90 minutes. So it's, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're taking a long time, but they need nine players to play and they don't have a lot of players. So like he starts talking to uh, the president of the league who is clearly a black Republican and uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> one of the other coaches who like all the coaches in this league are white. So make of that what you will, but it is like, it's an inner city youth baseball league, I guess in Cabrini green or somewhere around there. And this, this is Chicago by way of Fox news. So like, Lots of guns, lots of gangs. Oh, yeah. Every black person looks scary. Uh, it's it's real bad out here. But he learns that the teacher at their school, who is played by Diane Lane, is basically holding them back. It's like she's saying, if you do good on this book report, like you can play baseball. Like that's the agreement that she's made with the moms. And so he goes and like tries to sweet talk Diane Lane and he eventually agrees to like help the kids with their book report, which I don't think he ever does. We never see that happen. But uh, <laughs> eventually, like the kids get a chance to play like they're on the team now. So they add them. <laughs> That's where we meet G baby, uh, who's Kofi's younger brother. And uh, there's another another player who comes on the team. But Keanu Reeves is a, is a terrible coach and a terrible adult supervisor because he drops off. Uh, <laughs> um, what's my man Jefferson he drops Jefferson off just unsupervised like in front of the housing projects that he lives in and just drives away <laughs> not even he doesn't walk him to the door doesn't like get him close to he I don't even know if he asked where he lived he just out the car he drives away uh, so of course Jefferson just gets jumped and it's real weird because I have to assume those are other children because there's like 30 seconds we're it's fine <laughs> <laughs> there's, not, there's really actually not that much left in the movie but like Jefferson gets jumped by I guess other teenagers although there's this weird thread throughout the movie that like they're insinuating that adults are gonna beat up and rob 12 year olds but yeah uh <laughs> um, yeah. he gets jumped Keanu Reeves comes to the hospital and is like, are you okay? And for some reason, his mom doesn't beat his ass on site. Like if some adult let my child get beat up, I would have issues with them, but he just promises to let him pick whatever number and it's all fine. And then it is, it is really that simple. <laughs> and then Jefferson gives a really weird book report about getting jumped that Diane Lane is like, that's great. You're going to A. Oh, that was, oh, <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> But then 40 minutes later, we actually get to see them play baseball. They suck. They're not very good. I have to assume that Keanu Reeves is a terrible coach and also knows nothing about baseball. And they just get blown out. Uh, the coach, the other coach is even like, look, it's 630. The sun's going down. It's 16 to one. Like, <laughs> let's just call it. So they go home. Uh, all the kids are kind of upset. He drops off one of the kids at Cabrini Green and I guess Candyman is like off duty and is like not <laughs> <laughs> coming to get him but he's just allowed to walk around and the, the kid is like he's like what do you guys do around here for fun he's like play baseball with you coach um so it's it's got that white savior energy real heavy eventually they come back and play again and 
we find out that Miles, who is one of the, the kids on the team who always has his headphones on, is listening to Big Papa. And that's like, that's his jam. And that's what gets him going. And he does this little dance before he pitches. And he's like the best player on the team. So now all of a sudden they're good and they're winning. But then like Connor can't help himself and he's got to keep betting this money. He starts getting more and more into his debt and then like makes a big ass bet of like $12,000, which is supposed to clear all his bets. After that, like he's, he's kind of real like angsty and like real angsty with the kids and whatnot. They have another game and like, there's a real like by the book white coach who's like, Oh, uh, how old are your kids? Like, let me see their birth certificates and like all this other stuff. And so uh, Jamal Michael B. Jordan is too old. I, I think by like two weeks or something to play. And then there's some other issue. Like, I guess Miles can't wear his headphones. And so they get, they get waxed in that game. And he makes a big white saver speech there about how, you know, they're not treating these kids fair. And then he tries to, I guess he's, he has no game at all. Cause he invites Diane Lane out on a date to a sports bar for their first date, where I guess they were going to have like mozzarella sticks and uh, like, <laughs> margaritas or whatever. Uh, and she, but, but he's like, Oh, like, you know, you don't, you don't believe in me or whatever. Like, you know, you, you know that I'm a gambler, you know, I'm all these things. So like, why are you, you know, entertaining me if you think I'm such a bad person? And she's like, well, the kids see something in you and the kids are never wrong. But I guess they were wrong because he he really ain't shit. I don't know why she was <laughs> trying to get with him. But after that, he he makes his bet. He like makes his big bet and like clears all his debt, I guess, which was $12,000. But then he is like, yo, I'm out. Like, I'm not going to coach these kids anymore because I got better things to do now. But something in his heart, you know, can't let him go. Like the kids mean too much to him now, even though we never really see that relationship develop. But I guess he he loves the kids now. And so he uses his money to buy them like jerseys and like gets them you know, really into it. And so they somehow have won enough games to be contending to get into the championship game. They don't have enough kids, but then Kofi comes back to play again. Also, randomly, there's like three or four kids on the team that we never know their names and they only show up to play in the games and then they leave. Oh, yeah. Before that, we get to see them. They go to a Cubs game, which is clearly not at Wrigley Field. Hmm. Uh, and we get to see uh, Sammy Sosa pre Joker Toxin. So he's like not white. and like not <laughs> <laughs> uh, So he smiles at them, which gives them like the, the energy to win the game. But then G Baby, who is the youngest player, he's like, way younger than all the other kids gets to gets to have a moment because they're they're down one player so he has to go into the game then we immediately cut away from that moment to him dropping Keanu dropping off G-Baby and one of the most egregious scenes of the film because oh. the kids go to go as Kofi and G-Baby they're going back into their apartment there's a bunch of kids standing out in front and like uh Kofi's like, yo, we should go the other way. And then they look into the crowd and who they see but Jamal, who is now. He's turned to the dark side, you know, without baseball. He really has, oh. though. He bowed his head like a Sith Lord <laughs> and everything. It was really bad. All, all he's got left is gangbanging. He doesn't have any other prospects in life outside of the baseball team and uh, whatever gang he's a part of now, the Vice Lords, I guess. Um, 
And so <laughs> they go around back, you know, they're like, let's go in the other way. And the people that Jamal and his friends are waiting to jump come out that way. They start shooting, people start shooting at them. Somebody is shooting with a shotgun directly at them. Kofi and G-Baby are at a minimum 10 feet away from where the shooting is happening. They've ducked out over here. Somehow G-Baby gets the tiniest, like, proportioned bullet hole in his chest. Like, it is like- It's an adorable <laughs> bullet hole. It is, it is like, it is like the size of like, uh, 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 kicks, like kick cereal. It's like it's right a, in his heart. It's, it's a BB gun. It's, it's a the BB gun bullet. <laughs> the, the tiniest bullet ever. He's dead. Right. So they go to, oh my God. they go to the funeral. Right. For some reason, they let Keanu Reeves come. Uh, he is there giving a, a, a speech about, Clearly, he doesn't know G-Baby at all because everything he's saying is about baseball. Like, he's never talked to this kid about anything else in his life, just baseball. And he's like, yo, G-Baby won us the championship game. Or, he no, he won us the... He was lifted in that moment. He was lifted in that moment. G -Baby, I will not forget those words. G-Baby <laughs> hit, like, a, a base hit that, like, won the game that got them to the championship game. And so... I think also just to backtrack briefly at that moment in the, in that game, they play one of the craziest needle drops ever in film because they play party up by DMX. Yo, Why do they play that song? But then they bleep. There's like half of the song is like, because they cut it to be in a PG 13 movie, even though like they cut words that the kids are even saying like 20 minutes earlier, like, it it's is so like it's just wild. confused. It's just the like Hot One Hundred version of yeah. yeah, it is really though because you the, know they didn't cut it directly for the movie; they cut it for that moment, <laughs> right? Because there there is a clean version of Party Up. I don't know why you listen to it, but like, there's no reason why you should listen to it. You could have played that, but yeah, like they play the most like egregious verses of the song, but then edit them to fit into the. It's really weird. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, uh, but then. <laughs> The, the following scene after the funeral, like Keanu goes in, all the kids are like dressed like Motown Philly boys to men. And they're uh, like sitting there. They were, they're, <laughs> they're sitting in this auditorium and he's like, yo, we don't have to play if you don't want to, if you're too sad. And then one of the greatest line readings in, in cinema, one of the kids says, we want to play, bitch. And I was just like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. All right. This, this movie, this, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of won me back in that moment. Um, so then they do play and then they win the championship inexplicably. Again, they were ass when the movie started and all of a sudden they are like unbeatable. Uh, so then it's they were really weird. Then they won the, the championship the and that's it. part of the sports movie. Yeah. That's literally the end of the movie. They won the championship and that's the end. Uh, <laughs> I know I didn't hit five minutes, but dude, it's been like 12. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We're, we're inching closer each 13, time. 1335. Yeah. But that was hardball. Uh, and what, a, <laughs> what a wild movie it is. So off top, we're going to we're just going to lay it out there because we did this in the Matrix one. Understand Keanu Reeves, Asian. This movie is very clearly playing a white man. Yeah. Like they, they want him to be white. They're showing him as white. So like it, it is. This is another white savior movie where like, I guess if he was an Asian man, like it's still not a good movie, but like no you know you could you could do something with it but he's a weird white savior right because i mean he's playing the reluctant white savior right like he doesn't want to do yeah, this he wants yeah, nothing yeah. to do with these kids but the way that the movie plays out is like but he never 
he also never changes because things good things just happen for him right like diane lane just decides she wants to date him he just happens to win the twelve thousand dollars on the bet Mm -hmm. The kids just happen to love him so devotely that they'll do anything for him. Like nothing is earned. And he just kind of skates his way to the end where he is beloved by all these people and doesn't have debt anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what we all want. Right. But it's just like. Come down to it in real life. Yeah. Like, and he gives, he has a few indignant white savior speech moments, right? Like in the bar where they're like, go, go back and play baseball with your kids. And he's like, if you, you don't even know those kids, like, I love those kids, <laughs> you know? And uh, then, yeah, when like the, the black Republican and the other coach are like trying to tell him that these kids can't play. And he's like, oh, kids come out here. Why don't you tell the kids what you're trying to like, you know, do to them and all this stuff. But he never really like, I'm trying to I'm trying to like piece together his character because he never has a moment where like the I guess the kids' lives are just so sad and he's just so sad about them that he decides that he needs to do something about it. But like there's never really a connection between the kids and his character. It's very strange. Yeah, he does a lot of egregious things. <laughs> mm. I'm just kind of like, I I don't if I was a child, if I go back to my childhood, I don't think I would trust this man to do literally anything um I guess they try to make it so like when he decides not to participate in gambling anymore that's his big change but it didn't seem like it's it's not (laughs) character like it's not character building it's just like I don't want my legs to be broken so I should probably stop (laughs) which is not I mean that's always the case with like most gambling addicts I mean see uncut gems so like, I guess this is like a good thing because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could get worse, but um, <laughs> at the same time, just kind of like, why, why do these kids like him? Like, I don't like, they he's almost not, make it seem like they're starved for attention, which I was like, yeah, he's not really nice to them. <laughs> no, no, no. And he doesn't really like change to yeah. be nicer. He's just like, all of a sudden he's nicer and cavorting with the kids. Yeah. Like he buys them pizza as a as as a means to like get them to shut up yeah it's definitely like like all right everybody shut up you want a game let's go get pizza yeah (laughs) like it's not like yo you i'm like i'm proud of you it's just like all right like i guess this is what a coach does so like i should do that but yeah yeah um Brittany, how did you how did you feel about keanu's character Um, in this movie like usually in these type of movies they have like a moment where he like the white savior takes time to get to know at least one of the kids a little better, <laughs> but like it's no moment like that in Hardball. He literally just dropped the kids off in front of the building. Like Twice. you were saying, the kids had to run from Candyman, past burnt out <laughs> cars, like knife fights and a whole bunch of shit just to get home. Like he did not care no. at can, all. Can I say, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, this man didn't left them in front of Cabrini Green. I did not realize it was actually Cabrini Green. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah. when I looked it up, I was like, oh, no, are you serious? I was like, why are you doing? <laughs> he just he just kind of made it like seem like it was some random housing project. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is deep. This is dark. Like what's going on? I was like, this is this is Candyman's home. And then I was yeah. like Googling it later and I was like, oh shit, it really was Candyman's home. No. <laughs> he, also, he also does it twice and both it, times oh children <laughs> end up hurt. 
Well, well he like, wouldn't he, walk Jefferson or, home. Or like at least both times that he drops children off in front of Cabrini Green and they say, and the children will say, aren't you going to come in? Or yeah. aren't you going to like walk me to the door? He says no both times. <laughs> and both times they're either beaten or shot. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was a mistake. I, th I thought like I was watching a movie and the movie made a mistake on the way. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. we did like this before. It just seemed like the widest thing that you could do is just like let some kids just go unattended yeah. and, and just like you're not like gonna a, make sure they're okay. An obvious dangerous situation. Because <laughs> because he's dropping them off so far. Like Jefferson walked for 10 minutes to it's his, almost like, like funny. It's almost <laughs> funny. Cause he it, like both times he's like, No, I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't need to go. No, I'm good. Bye. <laughs> Which is like he had to hide in like a tunnel like a like tube he was yeah. running like it was like a football field's length to get to his front door that's what i was confused I was like, damn this is an obstacle course so he just like, dropped him off at one part of the projects but he lived like around the other he way lived, like, so the like other way. so he's like i can't drive that far i'm sorry like yeah, make it on your own, kid. Even though I took you home. Yeah. <laughs> Another, well, like, 20 feet is going to, like, knock me out, fam. Because apparently, I mean, from what I kind of understand is he got that pseudo, like, station wagon hearse in order to drive all the kids. And so yeah. I assume yeah. that he's driving all of the kids home. Well, I think he didn't or... drive Jefferson home and that's what happened. And today yeah, they were like, let's yeah. give this man a company car or whatever. And then um, because like his mom was like a lawsuit should come. And I was like, where is the lawsuit? Like I yeah, would have, oh, let's make that happen. Yeah. Let's gather up the funds. <laughs> let's I mean, make that lawsuit happen. Yeah. No, I mean, we watched Dangerous Minds where the black grandma was like, I don't want my kids to learn. Just the uh, most evil character in <laughs> film. <laughs> but the reverse of like the the moms in this movie were like, I this like my child got beat up because right. you negligently just decided to not only not drive them home, but also like run practice <laughs> so late that it's dark outside. And then your way to make amends is let them choose whatever jersey number they want you know what i mean like yeah. what like <laughs> how Actually, does that this, work this leads into like my overall problem with the movie and this is probably where i'm going to base my argument for everything going forward yeah <laughs> sadly um this movie doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be and it's it was really annoying to watch because <laughs> it was like so you'd have a scene like that where he's like, do you want to walk me in? And he's like, nah, fam, you're like 40, 40 feet away. You can make it. And I'm like, why would you not? Like, yeah. you're ridiculous. You're an adult. You can help. Right. So that's like funny to me. It's almost like a joke, right? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't the movie play it for laughs if we're going to go there? Like, because the movie wants to be a comedy, right? Yeah. Like the baseball field stuff feels like Bad News Bears, feels like a goofball or like League of Their Own. I know they're both, all three of these are baseball movies, but they're like baseball movies with that vibe. Right. And so the movie, like, I feel like the movie's communicating with me that it wants to be a comedy. So I'm going to take it as such, right? And then you have scenes where he's dropping them off way too far away, but then it ends up as a dramatic moment because one kid ended up in the hospital and then one died. And you're like, what? But that's also, so obviously on its face right but then so that same scene where jefferson get beats up like the the next scene after he gets beat up right i think is the scene where he's like and then the banditos 
uh, like, yes. like, you know, so it's just like, wait, so is that funny? Like, <laughs> and that whole thing, the whole book report was like, is that a joke? Cause that's gotta be funny. And then Diane Lane was like, this is great. Like, and she encouraged him. Please keep doing this. <laughs> she was like, this is, this is an obvious, this is a great way to handle your trauma yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so that's, that's my one problem yeah. is that the movie doesn't know what it wants to do. Sure. And it kind of leads into my second problem, which is this movie doesn't want to say outright that these kids are black. Yeah. Because this movie never said there's never the word black. I don't even think they refer to like black jackets or like, yeah. you know, black crayons. Like, <laughs> well, no well, one says the word. Right. All of all of the the league names are the team names are African tribes. So the Kakumbas and then all these other like. Oy. again like that seems like some very respectability like that's definitely respectability uh, for all <laughs> politics right there that's yeah, like was, oh, be proud of where confused. you come from yeah you know, it was not thing. supposed to be like <laughs> yeah because everybody else like the, even the the mob boss bookie guy was like cucumbus what do you mean <laughs> what are you talking about cucumbus and, they, so and i was like i don't know like even if i was i don't know what that is that's the thing they even turned the name of the team into a joke and you're just like is that right wow so is it to... <laughs> is it funny like i'm yeah. asking the movie like is this funny can i laugh because i'm going to <laughs> but also it's like every coach is white the president of the league is black which is like the inverse of the nba yeah. and like <laughs> which is i thought was the funniest things like the nba is like definitely not like this and i guess what you're supposed to insinuate is that every team is doing what the cucumbers are doing where it's like here's some you know fortune 500 company that's like as a tax break Oh, like a big time real estate company in the city, probably, or something like that. Yeah. And then like, sponsoring this poor, broken down team from the projects. Right. And that's <laughs> supposed to be like, oh, we're doing good in the community by letting these kids play in like a shitty ass field in the middle of the, I don't know where there's a Dude, did you see field the, in the project. Did you see the, did y'all see the ads for oh. the, the companies that were sponsoring them? Like no. on the back plates, they were just like wooden boards with the names of the companies painted oh, on yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, whatever t uh, company that like Keanu is supposed to work for. The security is, company. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So you can, you can sponsor this little, this little shitty <laughs> little board yeah. in the middle of the hood, but nothing even, else. <laughs> you can't get you can barely get the, you can barely get the uniforms. Y'all can't yeah, even they're get, wearing t-shirts. Can yeah. you get grass for the field though? Like, they, I mean, <laughs> they're playing on dirt. Like it's not, it's so random. Everything um, was random, but it felt like a random, like, like if you asked two white people, <laughs> the ghetto black experience is like, and they're like, yeah, it's like projects and guns and dirt baseball fields. That's well, we're going to get into the black experience in a little right? bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I want to, I want to ask about the kids because that is one of the things that I was like, okay, like the kids in this movie, a clearly are like here for it. Like they're, they're having a good time. Mm. Their camaraderie between them felt natural. Like, you know, they were probably all hanging out and having fun on set. Um, but just the way that they're presented is so bizarre because like this movie, I agree with you, Cameron, in the sense of like, this is a kid's movie, mm. but it's PG-13. 
Mm. And so like the kids are cursing a lot and they're supposed to be like your stereotypical bad hood kids and all of this stuff. But like they're presented in this weird way where like they're children, right? And so, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I was very confused about is like, so, you know, Jefferson's walking home. I don't, I mean, clearly this movie is made by all white people. So they have no <laughs> real understanding of like what these communities are like, but like grown men aren't jumping 12 year olds, right? Like, you know, like yes. other, other kids will jump them. Right. Which is again, what I assume, I couldn't really get a good look at the kids who jumped Jefferson. I assumed they were like 16 or something like they that. They were not, they were like 25. <laughs> <laughs> they were grown humans, you know, because like, yeah, at a certain point, if you are, you know, 17 18 and you're walking around at night and you got jordans on or whatever like maybe right but like yeah. if you're 12 years old nobody's messing with a 12 i mean you know, again other kids might mess with you but if you're a grown-ass man yeah even thugs are like all right man that's that's weird right they might be <laughs> like that i mean that's what they do they're like hey you know little homie here's you know a dollar like go to the corner store and get whatever like right it's kind of like you know we might try to indoctrinate you so that like later on like you might want to join our gang or whatever because we're your friends who give you money to go to the barber shop or do whatever but they're not like yeah i wonder what that kid has in his backpack let's jump him and get his like <laughs> let's beat him within it, an inch of his life yeah his homework and then, yeah, yeah for his homework because we get might a, not even get what we want out of the bag like get a boy copy didn't have of anything a, else <laughs> he was carrying cupcakes or something i don't even remember what he was carrying right. they didn't even take the food <laughs> they didn't think. no he tossed the food he was like fuck <laughs> it i'm going it's a gauntlet <laughs> Which is, it was so hilarious. Like he, he's making, he's having this like mini panic attack. He's trying to figure it out. He's like, all right, all right. I got to go in this building. It's now or never. And he, yeah. he runs, he runs, he runs the gauntlet. And then he's carrying these cupcakes yeah. so adorably. And then he's just like, fuck the cupcakes. Let's go. Toss yeah. the cupcakes and still gets his ass like handled. It's yes. weird. Cause they act like. I feel like because he lives there that nobody would mess with him because right. they would know that he lives there. I feel like that kind of energy is mostly safe for people that you don't know. Like, this yeah. is not your block. So what are you doing yeah. over here? But like, this is a little kid. Like, <laughs> Just going home. Like, you've gone yeah. home before. I know you have. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird. I was like, I mean, I guess they're trying to make it like it's not no part of this is safe for anybody but yeah. at the same time i was like that's not really how it goes yeah. i don't think it's got real fox news energy right because like yeah. a lot of it is just like chicago's the scariest place that you'll ever go like never come here because anybody's gonna die meanwhile yeah, these images are to scare white people away <laughs> like fam like <laughs> black people deal with it like it's tuesday like we gotta go home but keanu, I gotta go reeves, home. keanu reeves parks his shitty ass car he pulls up on the block multiple times and like nobody messes with him, talks to him. Like right. it's real strange that he's just allowed to come and go as he pleases in the daytime, at nighttime. You know, like nobody ever at least is like, who are you? And yeah, so but these kids you... who live in their own town, who live in their own fucking house. Yeah, <laughs> like, gotta, gotta oh get man, checked. it's so tough. It's so tough to live. <laughs> I just, I just want to go around. We can start with you, Brittany. Like, what did you, did you like the kids in this movie? Did you feel like they were giving you anything authentic or did it kind of feel like this was clearly a movie that white people wrote and were trying to like. This was, this was a movie that white people wrote for sure. Um, the scene that really pointed that out to me was like the scene in the classroom when they were re reading a wrinkle in time. Mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about Meg and her dad 
Mm-hmm. And oh my um, god, uh, what is it? Kofi, that's <laughs> yeah. Kofi. Kofi yeah. was like, yeah. I know Meg is um goofy or Meg is something because where I'm from, dads don't come back. And I was like, <laughs> what? what the fuck? Like, what? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? What are just what are we doing? But <laughs> I feel like they were trying their best to present inner city youth um to an audience of like they were trying to present inner city youth to primarily they knew like young black kids are going to go see this movie because that is who this movie is for yeah like when you look at the soundtrack they had little bow wow on the soundtrack little zane little wayne sammy like that's who this movie is for so they're trying their best to target that audience and yeah. reflected to them and they they missed the mark um but they tried bless their hearts yeah <laughs> um but you know kids do be cussing i don't know if they call everybody bitches and shit but <laughs> they they curse i think they're a little heavy-handed with that um what, what doesn't it remind you of that kid from role models where he kept calling sean william scott ben affleck oh yeah oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he just yeah. didn't call it. Well, I think he that didn't little call kid a bitch. made a made a like a two year career out of being the little black kid that curses. At- <laughs> he did. He did. Good. Good. Good on him, though. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's always got to be one. You got to make the of most them. of a moment. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They, they tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cameron, what did you think about these kids? <sighs> fine (laughs) michael b jordan's first movie that was so weird to see like i I forgot that he was had been in the movie so i was like dang we really never saw him again like nobody checked it like checked in (coughs) nobody said hey no jamal's getting recruited out here maybe want to step in a little bit (laughs) kiana didn't care no, <laughs> your boy did not care. <laughs> no, he didn't even like try to chase and console him after he said, "My mama said nobody would notice if my birthday was different," and ran away. Like, <laughs> nobody, nobody ran after like, him. It was just like, "All right, too bad, so sad." He's like, yeah. We got a game to play. Come yeah. on, come on, baby. All of a sudden, he cared about baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cameron, not not impressed by these kids. No, not no. at all. And it's not <laughs> like I didn't want to be. It's not like I don't lend myself to these movies because I, I I love like a good like silly comedy like that. You know, I, I, I love even though it's a trope, I still love like black kids cursing at adults. I think that's funny because kids be cursing. Yeah. Uh, but this movie felt so put on, which is weird because this is my other point that I wanted to bring up. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and I think I think Jordan you're saving this for the trivia section but it's it's I mean, part of a bigger problem. Sure. That this movie was directed by uh Brian Robbins. Yep. <laughs> and produced by Mike Robbins and Mike Tollin who if you're familiar with those names you probably are because okay, they're the guys who created Kane and Kel okay. and all that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll play the job for you. Can we talk? Oh my god. Oh my god. let's let's go ahead and talk about it it's insane it's insane so this these are two white men who literally like literally made their careers off of tapping into something in like a young black generation right 
Am I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that a little no. bit. Yeah. That was like a sense of humor for people who I guess would be like 30 to 35 now. That's like, that was like a whole sense of humor for an entire generation of kids. And also like seeing black children on all that and being funny in that way and being funny on Keenan and Kel kind of gave black people like another way of seeing themselves as funny other than like, you know, I don't know, watching sitcoms because you don't really see like kids on sitcoms. You see like adults. Yeah. So these guys made like, you know, all these kids into funny celebrities. They turned Nick Cannon into a celebrity, you know? So, well, well let's, let's, let's run down. Whether, whether we like it or not. How about that? <laughs> for better or for worse. For better or for worse. Exactly. <laughs> let's run down some of these credits. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. return to this in the uh, behind the scenes section, but like, yes. so Brian Robbins was responsible for as a director and executive producer and sometimes writer of all that he was an executive producer he was an executive producer writer for cousin skeeter mm -hmm. uh he was an executive producer for the amanda show for the nick cannon show for one tree hill for fred the movie uh, <laughs> uh and a lot of other things but as a as a film director he directed the good burger movie he directed varsity okay. blues he directed yeah. good burgers funny <laughs> yeah he directed ready to rumble with uh not David funny yeah. <laughs> uh he directed hardball right after that that was ready to rumble was 2000 hardball is 2001 um he directed and here's here's where things get real tricky right he directed in almost consecutive years norbit meet dave and a thousand words oh so he was oh. responsible for eddie murphy's <laughs> downfall <laughs> three of the worst eddie murphy movies ever right that's Britney? literally yeah in as a, a as a as a eddie murphy i don't know historian how do you feel about those movies norbit meet dave and a thousand words yeah mm. <laughs> 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 enough said mm. Oh, yeah, that's dark. <laughs> it, it is. And it's it's right after like people started. We're loving Eddie Murphy. You know, it's like the end of, you know, there was the 80s and then the 90s ha had a thing going on. People went to see the Denny Professor movies like, you know, he was, he was that, still getting um, it. What was it? The other one with the animals? Dr. Doolittle? Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Doolittle. Like yeah. people saw those movies. He had the kids market kind of cornered and then for a little went. bit. It all went south. <laughs> and then your boy, Brian Robbins, came in and was like, Eddie, listen, <laughs> I got a bag of money out back. Let's go make a couple films. So here's where things get wilder, right? Because the, the writer of this movie is John Gattins. So that's a name I should have looked up because I it's familiar to me. Well, if you don't know John Gattins, we're here, I'm, let me take you on a journey here, OK? Oh, no. He is co-producer on Ready to Rumble with Brian Robbins, right? Mm. Then he writes Hardball, then writes Coach Carter, then Ugh. writes Real Steel, <laughs> Real Hold Hard on. Turn, Real Hard Turn, writes Flight. Wait, <laughs> he wrote Flight, which yes. is actually kind of good? Wrote Flight, which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay, right? It's and a pretty like, good movie, actually. <laughs> And it's based, it's, he's somewhat based because he struggled with alcoholism too. So like part of it is a little bit of his real story. Obviously he's not a oh pilot, but like, you know, so he does that. Then after that, he does the Need for Speed movie, what right? What the fuck? 
then comes back, has a story credit for Kong Skull Island, and then wrote the Power Rangers movie. Ow. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> your boy. So, your boy. <laughs> I can't really see what his lane is because he's all over the place. But he, I mean, he he was with John Robbins for a lot of stuff. Like he was like, you know, kind of one of his his people and like got pulled because he even has a bit part in a a thousand words. You know what I mean? So he's like kind of out here he has a bit part in Norbit a bit part in Meet Dave like it's real weird him him and Brian Robbins kind of have a, a connection going on but here's where we come back again like we'll we'll touch into this a little bit later but Brian Robbins is now the president of Paramount Pictures president of Paramount Pictures he's the president <laughs> the of studio? Paramount Pictures yes wow he is the president of Paramount Pictures the man who directed a hardball is now uh. the president of Paramount Pictures. Um, I That's guess insane to me. Last last few things I want to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta take a pause. That's, That's not, actually I, insane to me. It feels almost like he's falling up, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 Because yeah. Because uh, like I guess you you in my opinion you start your career. Interesting. A, a pretty interesting start. You know all that and yeah. Keenan and Kel and all that stuff. And then these movies are actually bad. Like you made a lot of bad movies in a row. Yes. You made a lot of objectively bad films and people kept giving you a chance. And now you're literally the president of the studio to make more bad movies. Like you're going <laughs> to green light more bad movies. Uh, who can say? I don't who know. Can say? I, and I'm trying to get a career and all this shit. You know, I'm gonna I want to come across his desk one day. It's gonna yeah, be bad. You're gonna you're gonna be up for a role in the Paramount Pictures film. And it's gonna be like, wait, the Cameron Mason? Mm. The Amer- <laughs> uh, do do not uh, don't hold me accountable for my future shucking and jiving. How about that? <laughs> well. So yeah, to kind of wrap up the the movie itself, like I guess the the last two things I want to talk about first, Diane Lane's character is like secondary white savior in this movie. It's very the guy there's the double the white savior here. Her role is very strange to me because Ugh. like she is there to just forgive Keanu Reeves for everything that he does and yeah. eventually like fall in love with him. Um, love interest and absolver. <laughs> And then is also supposed to be like a secondary like support for the kids, but like isn't really. I don't know what she's doing for them because when again when you look at the class, like this is another one of those like this movie tries to double in sports movie and classroom movie where you've got the difficult kids in the class who just want to like you know make fun of the teacher and you know all the other stuff, but it's like she is kind of just happy to be there throughout the whole film. And like that book report thing was so weird because like, I think I get on the one hand, she's just happy that he did the assignment, you know, like she's happy that he did the thing and like, you know, told a story that connects to his life in a way. But she's like, he's talking about like a real serious, like he got jumped and was in the hospital. Like it's kind of a weird thing for her to be like, Oh yeah, that's so funny. Like I love, I love the banditos and like all the other stuff where it's I just like I was scared of ban- the banditos. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like this I'm like, kid- bitch. I was in the hospital. 
Like this kid <laughs> this is, is no it, joke. <laughs> well, he's low key trying to like process and communicate his trauma to you through this. And you're just like, ha, good job hey, Ooh. for your assignment. They were um, scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did she, <laughs> did you feel like she served any purpose in this movie or was she just there to like affirm Keanu Reeves saviorism and play secondary savior? She was playing like backup savior for Keanu. She's the mom ish her her (laughs) role could have been like a team mom like one of the uh, moms on the team could have been her role i thought she's a teen mom (laughs) not a teen mom and i was like wait (laughs) wait oh yeah yeah i was very confused why she wasn't more involved like with the kids other than telling them that they couldn't play baseball but like that wasn't really gonna help them. So I was very confused on what exactly like her relationship with the kids were. It just seemed like she was kind of just like, by any means necessary, please get them to write something. (laughs) I don't care how it happens, but please get them to write something and turn it in for my class. Because then like she does end up coming to the games, I guess, as like a- As support. as as support for maybe um like Keanu Reeves because <laughs> she wasn't yeah, coming to the make, games before so. did they make out at the game or something like that <laughs> maybe. I forget but I think yeah so. yeah she doesn't really come in and she doesn't seem very interested in in the kids baseball anything like to make yeah. sure like this guy because she knows that he's not uh like a securities manager or whatever Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would think she'd be kind of like concerned for these kids <laughs> that are with this guy that isn't who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And like, like this is, I mean, you know that the baseball thing is happening, but I don't know. <laughs> it seemed very weird to have such a big actress to play such a, like a tiny role. Yeah. I was like, surely Diane Lane is going to do something else in this yeah. thing. But no, yeah, but no. Her character is kind of a waste. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, Harbaugh came out in 2001, came out the weekend of September 11th, somehow was topping the box office. I guess this is what people <laughs> this is wanted what we needed to, to see to, uh, to uh, cauterize the wound yeah. <laughs> in our country. Very bizarre. It makes 10 million its opening weekend. Why not? Um, <laughs> And then, like Cameron said, this this number two movie at the box office that weekend also had was Diane Lane. With the Diane class. Lane's agent was like, "We got it, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the country is collectively crying. Yeah, she was she was cooking though. Um, she was cooking. Diane Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody um, was hungry at the Lane house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, the budget for the movie is thirty-two million. The box office is forty-four point one million. Wait, wait, wait! The budget for Hardball was the thirty-two million dollars. Hardball was thirty-two million dollars. So what okay. the fuck? Make that for Keanu you know. <laughs> and for Diane, but and real nothing else. <laughs> yeah, because what you filmed it in a project. So what do you got to do? Like tell everybody, don't come around here for a month. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, they Something really like didn't. That. If they had all these people in the background, that's what I'm saying. Like. Y'all must have paid these extras like some serious bread because this movie does not. Hey, it doesn't look like thirty million dollars. No, most of it doesn't look like it's in Chicago. Uh, no, they <laughs> either. Well, 
Jordan, I'm sure I'm sure you know the location. I'm sure you can tell us because it's not Chicago. Well, I can't tell you the specific location because I wasn't able to look that up. Although when they went to the baseball stadium, which again, if you even oh that so, I heard, I saw it, that it's so egregious because yeah. everybody, <laughs> even if you don't really know that much about baseball, you know that Wrigley Field has like the Ivy is iconic. Kind of like, yeah, and so Wrigley go, Field is iconic. They go to they go to the Tiger Stadium. So which they went to Detroit. Look, yeah, which just looks like an industrial like warehouse. <laughs> which means you took these kids to Detroit for like a weekend to shoot. Two I guess scenes. so. Something like that. Is yeah. Um, the critical reception of this movie, people, I mean, critics didn't like this movie. It's got a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Accurate. Um, <laughs> most people like I kind of saw through it for what it was, where it's just like. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go and call it a white savior movie, but they're just like, this movie is cliche. It's kind of tacky. It's kind of like really, you know, you know what it's trying to do and play on these specific moments, but it doesn't earn anything. Um, but unsurprisingly, as we've come to find out with so many of these movies on Amazon, five stars, baby. Two thousand seven hundred fifty seven reviews, five stars. They loved it. They eat it up over there um, on imdb 6.4 which like we've said before right That's like high high for this for, for this movie. high 6.4 out of 10 out of 30,000 reviews um, damn That's a- <laughs> yeah oh, uh, um, no. I, I wake up in this world and i realize i am one of many <laughs> <laughs> now every morning you- i'm like it ain't just you fam <laughs> Right. Would it would it surprise you though to learn that this movie is not just cap, but it's a ten gallon hat? Uh, it is like beyond. <laughs> it is not. It's all lies. It's a it's a hundred percent lies. Um, it, of course. What it, isn't? <laughs> it is based on a book called Hardball: A Season in the Projects, uh, by Daniel Coyle, who was a investigative journalist in Chicago. He went in to kind of observe a season of this little league group in the projects of Chicago. And like, that was the book. Like he just observed these kids and kind of did a, like, I'm going to ingrain myself into this group for a season, talk to the Mm. parents, talk to the coaches, talk to the kids. (laughs) It's what you would expect, kind of a hard scramble. Oh man, like these kids even through the hardest circumstances, you know, come together through sports to achieve and whatever, you know what I mean? So like, it's not really like, there's no, there's nothing from the book in this movie, right? Oh, no. Keanu Reeves' character is is a lie. They just made him up for this film. I don't even really know if like the name of the team is like, if if all that stuff was real. Like, I I don't even think it's a real African tribe, bro. Like, oh, oh, no. no, no, no. Kakumbas. Right. But I'm even talking about like the fact that they would name the teams after African tribe. Like, I don't even know if that was a real thing. No, um, they were probably the Broncos and the Blue Jays, yeah. and the, <laughs> like every yeah. other team. Right. Yeah. So there's not like they basically like a lot of these films, right, that are based on a true story, right? Like yeah. they take the very sparsest element of something that actually happened and then make up a bunch of shit around it, right? And to so, make you feel because it, it, it's all engineered to make you feel something in particular, right? And, and so I guess the, the fact it's it's just weird that like why would they make up that he's a 
you know, a gambler and a drinker and all these sad things, unless the idea is that you're supposed to feel good about whatever Keanu achieves at the end of this movie. But what? Not a lot. (laughs) Honestly, it's not a lot. He got a kid killed. (laughs) And got to speak at his funeral. Right. And he spoke at the funeral, bro. Like, I'd get arrested for that. Again, I'm sorry. Like, you know, black moms in this movie they get a hard shake they get they, a tough they, shake they, they needed to step up because <laughs> the man he's habitually line stepping in the situation right first <laughs> first he lets a kid get beat up right i have to assume there were no other incidents after that but then he lets another kid just literally run away from the field to go home to cry to his mom yep yep oops sorry Bye. Never checks on him again then he lets another kid get shot like even because it would even when you look at that scene, right? They pull up and those people are in front of the door. So yeah, Keanu saw that very very easily could have just been like, oh, do you guys want to drive around the block or is there another door I could let you into or maybe let's go get pizza and celebrate the win and we can like come back later. He there was are like, no, options. Bye. So I have things <laughs> <Goodbye>. to do. <laughs> get um, out of my car. On the north side of town, <laughs> I've got sure. to go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Detroit Tigers game is on. I gotta yeah, go, check it out. go back to Benton. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's just, it's another example of one of these movies where it's like, how did we get here? Right. The the (laughs) book is what it is. And it's, you know, there's, there's so many versions of this, right? Like you were talking about Cameron, when you talk about the Sandlot or Bad News Bears or Mighty Ducks, or like so many, like, oh, these kids, like, they're they're really up against it because they're not the most talented or they're not like misfits yeah and now they're playing in this league against (laughs) like these almost these like almost pro athlete kids who are like the best of the best and somehow they get through and achieve because the the coach believes in them and like you know there's ups and downs but ultimately there's triumph in the end and this movie weirdly is like what if there was a white man who was in gambling debt and then like and because like the, the premise is so inexplicable, right? It's like, I guess what you're supposed to believe is that the person who he goes to runs this scam, right? Because Diane Lane has a line, a line about, oh, you're this season's coach, like you're this season's yeah. schmuck, where it's like, yes, this, you know, like th- this guy continually gets people who I guess owe him favors to coach this team <laughs> in, his, in his stead. But even that is like, Keanu, we we know nothing about him except that he is deep in debt, right? Like he's clearly not a good person. I, I don't even know how old he's supposed to be in this movie. Like, <laughs> I assumed, old to be doing yeah. all this. Yeah, I assumed uh, in like his late thirties or something like that. And like, there's barely any pushback to how much of an asshole he is right like the the parents on the team never check him diane lane curses him out outside of that buffalo wild wings um (laughs) like that's about it like nobody else is ever like man you're really fucking up and you should probably get it together everybody else is like you everybody else is just like you have so much potential why are you doing x y and z and it's like does he have potential like what are you seeing that i'm not seeing because i think it's because it's keanu if it was anybody else i'd be like let's get it together let's find somebody else yeah let's well, nobody... uh gather our pitchforks the baby's dead yeah. <laughs> like... i know right my baby died. like the mother introduced him so chill yes 
Like, I, if that was me, I would hope my mom beat the shit out of him. Like, why are you the at church? the funeral? Why are like, you even yeah, there? Yeah. Like, or like be- she invited him to the podium to kick his ass. Like, <laughs> I would hope that that's the case. If that was my funeral, if I was right. G baby. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. It's one thing if he drops G baby off and then later that night he got shot. Literally yes. minutes yes. after he dropped. Yes, exactly. So it's not even like, man, who could have seen that coming? It's like, dog. Bro, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> right there. It's like, you're you know still on I mean? the south side when that baby got shot. Yeah. So this is your fault entirely. Fam, like, I'm blaming you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think this is a good part for us to kind of see what this movie would be like without Keanu because, like, <laughs> it's so I, I I again after learning about the the truth behind the movie we've seen a lot of these you know what I mean Cameron like we watched a lot we, of these where it's just like dangerous minds they changed a lot of stuff um green book they changed almost everything you know like, <laughs> these cool runnings too I think right cool runnings yeah was oh completely yeah fabricated yeah. so like okay sure right like you're gonna make some things up you're gonna pull from different timelines because if you did it straight in a linear fashion like it's not a movie you know there's going to be some parts that are really interesting yeah but the need to insert like I even understand if you want Keanu Reeves to be the coach of the team right like this is a movie about a bunch of kids that nobody knows let's get a famous actor in here to kind of pull everybody together but so much of the focus is on him gambling and like being bad at gambling and not baseball and not he never not once coaches these kids i I swear to god (laughs) this movie was one scene where they were just like just fighting on the (laughs) on the pitch and he was like all right all right well keep going (laughs) (laughs) go play catch for a little bit i was like because it was funny i was remember watching that scene and i was like sitting there watching it and he says, um, <laughs> or they're already like practicing. And he says, go play catch. I was like, wait, they were already practicing. Like, yeah. What, what are you doing? What, are, how are you helping? Yeah. Well, actually, before we get to reimagining this movie, we, we would really be remiss if we didn't talk about why this movie exists. And that is the hardball music video starring uh, <laughs> Sammy, Lil but, Wayne, Lil yep. Zane, Lil Bow Wow. A and, moment, a moment. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri, obviously, all in the video as well. Um, <laughs> so, so deaf, baby. <laughs> like, I I think that's one of the, I think that's partially why I saw this movie. I have to admit, like, I think I remember the, seeing that. The Jermaine Dupri of it all. <laughs> well, like, the, the that song was heavy on 106 in Park, I remember, because, like. You're not, you're not lying. It was all the Lil's in one video, which was a moment. <laughs> and, so many of them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and, we still have many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it's a it's a weird song because it is like s- super heavily supposed to be tied into the movie. So they're rapping about baseball. Baseball, yeah. As like other things, you know, like there's some innuendo in there and like some other stuff, but it's just it's a it's a rap about baseball uh and (laughs) it got a lot of people into the theaters you know i guess like it's true it's true what do does anybody have memories of that song or that video was that was that a bop for you back in the day or i feel 
like jog some like memories, but I don't remember the, I have like very, very like faint memories of the video itself. Because at one point I was like, I do remember this happening, but at the same time, it just felt like it kind of was made up like a, like a new verses or something had dropped mm-hmm. and, and all these people were together on it. So I was like, what did this actually, because I was a, I was a huge little Bow Wow fan. So I was present for every 106 in Park <laughs> appearance, <laughs> but like, I don't entirely remember this video. It's very weird. It's almost like like I made it up or something. It's a like, wild, <laughs> it's a wild video. Like it's one of those videos where you go back and you watch it and they just had a budget and they're like, we gotta, we gotta do something with this money because because <laughs> it will go away if we don't spend it. They're all, they're on a baseball field. They're kind of playing baseball. It's intercut with, you know, clips of the movie. Then there's a moment where like, I want to say it's Lil Zane or Lil Wayne hits a home run and it, like the ball flies cgi flies past this dude's head and like almost shaves his hair and then like flies into this dude's window and like lands in his soup and (laughs) who is responsible for this video i need to know jermaine dupree yeah and then it's his fault we can blame him (sighs) well all right so let's let's reimagine this movie uh britney if you want to start like how would you remake hardball as a movie that doesn't have a white savior obviously like i i at times have just refused to make movies like (laughs) just like this is there's no way i don't want to see this movie in any way shape or form so that is an option if you're just like nah let's not do hardball um but is there (laughs) is there a way that you could see this movie being remade without keanu and diane lane um i don't know i don't know how to do it If you did, I would, like I was saying earlier for Diane Lane, like that character could easily be one of the moms of the children on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, She know that character would know the kids, um, be a little bit more supportive um, and have a little bit more to do and kind of give you more insight into the community. So it's just not more white people just <laughs> dropping off kids and just not helping. Um, and then for Keanu's character, I don't know what to do with that particular character because it's overall like how it's written is just not a great character. Like it's no redeeming qualities about him. Like you put children in harm's way um, several times and you won a championship you you had you they were to have like this moment of victory but they lost a lot of things on the way like you can't really weigh that out like they're still going to have to think about g baby when it's all said and done um and you still have like the gambling portions the you like what would happen if the 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 debts weren't settled because that was settled all too easily like twelve thousand twelve thousand dollars just just settled just like that yeah that was just too easy so I don't know if you could really necessarily remake this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, like I don't I don't know 
<laughs> like I wouldn't do it because I didn't really care for it. Sure. Like it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, what do you um, think? I mean, I I think usually the answer is to just delete all the white people, <laughs> like Brittany's <laughs> kind of saying. Um, because I don't really like we don't really need to know anything about Kiana's character um, with like the gambling and all that, because like, what does that really, other, other than the fact that he owes, like he needs the money, there's really no other reason for him to be there. Um, and so like all the, all the moments we could spend learning about the kids really is focused on Keanu. And so like, if we like delete him, um, put him back like in the little drawer in the matrix or whatever mm -hmm. like we can put him there and then um like maybe mo focus it more on like how these kids are with each other because we know they know each other and we know like some of them are siblings and things like that but we don't really like know like we have like a glimpse of their home life but it's like from like a horror story perspective yep i would like it to be more of like how they see their homes um not so dramatic in the fox news um lens <laughs> um i don't know what to do with diane lane's character um maybe like britney said with maybe uh replace her with the mom like i don't know it just seems weird that there's like there's no there's only like one black man involved in all of this <laughs> um it seems kind of like like there's no other dad like obviously no dads come back no, no in this movie but like it just seems weird because like where is this guy like there's only one guy um so it just feels kind of odd where you've kind of erased most of the adults for most of the movie um and i would like to see more of them like it just mm -hmm. seems very strange how they kind of have these relationships in the movie um possibly because they're trying to cram so much in there at once um, so yeah, I think if you delete like the whole gambling aspect and kind of like Keanu's whole thing and then kind of focus it more on the kids, um, it'd probably be better. Um, and actually focuses on like their actual parents <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, because I feel like a parent would be involved with this. I don't feel like a, a random outsider would be very welcomed in, um, mm -hmm. that, that part feels strange to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is one black man in this movie, and he is getting his haircut at Great Clips. So it's not <laughs> <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> Cameron, what, would you, what would you do with this movie? Um, I oh, damn. Uh, no, it, you know what? This actually, this movie is worth saving a little bit. I think. Um, I just don't think you have. it doesn't have to be a white savior movie. It could be a black guy. It could be a black guy who's down on his luck, maybe just not like a degenerate gambler guy. Cause I just think that whole, none of it connected. It didn't feel like parallel stories or it didn't feel like one story is uh, highlighting something from another. It honestly felt like two different things that were clashing because what Keanu's like lawyer friend said he had to work <laughs> he had to like do yeah. this thing for him because honestly the the premise of the movie happens there he's like uh just coach this team for me and then 
the following events happen. Like, yeah, it, it's like if I walked into a bodega and they was like, watch this bodega for five minutes. And then I became the owner of the bodega. Like, what? <laughs> like, I honestly was watching the movie like, oh, it's like minute four. And we're already just like, OK, this is what's happening. All right. Bet. So it's it's not like the plot isn't worth like changing to like make it into a better movie because I think you can, but I think yeah. this movie just like sucks because <laughs> because it didn't dare to like ask any significant questions or get to know the people it was uh, it was stereotyping because this yeah. whole movie is stereotypes from oh, even the boy, the gambler stereotype to yeah. uh what the uh love interest stereotype all these yeah, yeah it, was, it was very like the kids would say this movie was mid ain't shit here fam but i wouldn't i wouldn't just like destroy it i wouldn't get rid of it i think you could retool yeah. it and turn it into something cooler i think i i agree on that in that i think that there's Certain, I mean, really, if you just make it almost like a black bad news bears type situation, right? Yeah, 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 where you have like we can we can fan cast here because who do you think would be a coach? Like, I'm thinking, like, if it's you got, definitely not Keanu Reeves, this this no, is movie is no, no, so no, no, miscast, no, 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 no. it's so yeah. weird. It's if you got it's like Nicolas Cage's like nerdy <laughs> kids. I'm like, no, yeah. never. Well, I'm thinking, like, if you got like Lorenz Tate or you got even like a TC Carson or like you know like somebody like that to come in yeah and, and be the coach and maybe it's like yo like i was one there's millions of these stories right like yeah i i i almost made you know the major leagues and then i got you know injured and like now i live back in cupertini green and like you know yeah, I, walk, yeah. I, I walk by this field every day and i see these kids like trying to play baseball but like you know, whatever. And so like I come back and help them play. I want to help out in the community. Yeah. yeah. I you can know, see I, like Anthony Mackie doing that too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, somebody like that. Yeah. It's like right. Ernest Black Man comes in and yeah. like, you know, like of course we can always cast Leon. Leon is like evergreen. Put Black Leon <laughs> in another movie, please. Just do it. It's um, like a net good. It's a net good yeah. when you put Leon in a movie. And then it's typical sports movie story. You know, they start off rough and then they, you know, have fun. But then you actually together. see him coach them. Yeah. And they learn about, you know, coming together as a team and like, you know, big thing, like no kids have to die in these movies. Like don't kill black yeah. children in these films. He had the like, most adorable them. little bullet wound. No. <laughs> it, was it was like tiny. the one drop of blood. <laughs> it was so weird. Because there's like no bullet. No one got grazed. Nothing. Yeah. But he has this one bullet. It's obviously right over his heart. Right over his little heart. And it's like properly proportioned to his size. It right? Is. Like it's not real bullet. Yeah, because wasn't that guy holding a shotgun? Like that would be... <laughs> <laughs> and he was so he was shooting way far. They were nowhere near. They were nowhere near. They were here, like, and he was shooting. Here. Yeah, and all somehow, the bullets went over here, and just he, one happened to be like, oh no, yeah. my heart though. Yeah. Look, uh, we we can say here, you know, shout out to G Baby, definitely. R.I.P. G Baby. <laughs> Black acted school drop for G Baby. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> We will 
we'll, we'll transition over now to our caucasity meter. We have to figure out where hardball <laughs> lands on the, the, the great lens of caucasity. So we've got three levels. Um, Cameron, our first level is? Our first level of caucasity is um, shorts in the wintertime. <laughs> where, okay, mm. like shorts and sandals, too, because I've seen them. I've seen yeah, them yeah, do yeah. it. it. Just why? What are you doing? Just Birkenstocks. Just Birkenstocks really? on a snowy day. <laughs> that chilly feeling between your toes. Yep. As you go to Dunkin' Donuts in Brooklyn, New York, for some it's reason. It's frostbite, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a little yeah. bit of frostbite. They don't care. <laughs> just a little but touch. Basically, yeah, yeah. But basically, <laughs> it's it's not it's not a violent act towards anybody else. But why are you doing that? That's really what that's about. Yeah. And and then uh our next level, Jordan. It is um this movie is touching my hair. Which is like now we've we've entered into a space where you are maybe not doing like great harm to me, but you're causing me discomfort. You've come you, into my zone. Yeah, you're doing stuff that you you know you shouldn't be doing this. Like clearly you're irritating me, and I wish you would stop. But like you know you keep going, you keep returning Habitually to this time time. <laughs> line stepping. Um, and then the the final one, we've we've kind of gone back and forth. Yeah, but it's take either, your pick. <laughs> It's either Taylor Swift's cover of September or as of recently, it is Chris Martin's cover of Pony. Ah. Uh, while he was wearing no shoes. No shoes, <gasps> upright bass. Why do these exist? These exist? These exist. You can, we'll send you the video of you. <laughs> Cameron, oh, no. I don't know if you've seen this, Cameron, but he is, he is back at it again. He did it on the Kelly Clarkson show. Like Chris Martin did? Yes, she asked him to play Pony. And he Fuck. did it live on TV. So he knows what he's doing. He knows this what he's doing. Yes, exactly. yeah. They both know what he's doing yes. and they think this is okay. He's I making we a were, choice. I thought we were done with like white people doing no. acoustic no, covers no, of no. black people songs. That will never <laughs> end. You will, see, you will see an acoustic cover of Big Old Freak in like yeah. five oh, years. No, don't <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry, Look. but you will see it and Look. you will hear it and you will hate it. Someone <laughs> named Lauren has already started. Uh, her, of course. Her, um, shout out all the Laurens that I do like in my life, but you know her name is Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, those are our three. Those are our three levels. Uh, where do you where do you see hardball laying on that on that uh, tier system? Well, people died, so. <laughs> So I guess it's a um, a second level, like you're in my hair type of thing. It's like, obviously you're coming to where I am. Um, right. We would never cross paths had you not come into my space <laughs> to semi-teach me baseball. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say it's definitely like a you're touching my hair type of movie because like, I mean, ugh. It's not like he directly like shot these kids, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just kind of like, I feel like someone else with the knowledge of the neighborhood wouldn't do such egregious things like he did, especially just like a responsible the... adult. Yeah, like a responsible <laughs> base minimum, bare minimum. A person who cares about others would do this. <laughs> so I feel like it's a little, yeah, it's 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 not where you full on assaulted me. Mm. um but like there's a uh definite like it's definitely up from shorts and sandals in the winter like yeah. i you know harm was caused <laughs> yeah harm was caused 
Uh, Brittany, what about you? I agree. This movie is touching my hair. Um, <laughs> it showed up at in my space and <laughs> did these things. Um, G baby, like. G baby gone. G baby met Uncle Charles at the crossroads. <laughs> you have to think about that. I think about G baby every time I think about this movie. Um, so yeah, that that's a level. I'm at level two with this. Mm. It's not barefoot Chris Martin, but it, yeah. it's that. Oh, I'm so upset by this news. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I would God. I would agree as well. I think like I'll keep I'll keep saying it every time you get to the section. It's 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 the movie, but it's also everything about the behind the scenes aspects of it. Like the fact that this is just a totally fabricated from a from a real life thing that you're just like, but what if we, you know, and it just like escalates into this. Obviously, I like the kids in this movie in the sense mm-hmm. of like I think they're all doing what they're being told to do you know like they're all in terms of like child actors like yeah even and they're G- all good pretty good child actors yeah even g baby who's not like a great actor is like endearing right and like yeah. you you want to root for him and you like him you know michael b jordan and the <laughs> this spare few minutes he gets to the movie you're like oh yeah okay like you could kind of see it from the start like he had a little something um but <laughs> like everything else like the Keanu of it all Diane Lane's character and then just yeah the fact that this was like Chicago as as somebody who all of my family is from Chicago I've been to Chicago I've been all around Chicago Chicago sure like any place there's places you don't want to go at night there's places that you don't want to be caught at by yourself but like that's any major city in america like yeah maybe don't be out at 3 a.m <laughs> no one told you to be out here at 1 a.m you know like that's, you knew you had an option uh jimmy fallon went off and yeah. you said no i want to get into some mischief yeah let me go over to cabrini green and just see what's what's, what's kicking <laughs> i mean like that's not really how that works so like yeah you know, not just, at all the idea of like Chicago being the most dangerous place in America and, you know, kids being shot at random because drive-bys are happening, you know, again, Smokey probably was like, yep, gang banging. I told you. I told you happen. about that gang banging. <laughs> but yeah, just like the, the, the way that this movie portrays not only these kids, but their lives. And then with the additional knowledge of it being like way, way overblown and not even close to any truth is like all right you know like you're not at the ultimate level but like you're definitely pushing it and you should take a couple steps back hard yeah um cameron oh yeah this movie's definitely touching my hair it, it, <laughs> it didn't ask me uh it just walked up did it yeah it uh, came to it came to have a chat you know like first yeah we were morning. talking about we were talking about tv last night and then it was just like yeah your hair is so amazing yeah what are you doing with it can i touch it <laughs> didn't, no, didn't ask. This movie. Didn't they don't ask. ask. They don't just ask, touch man. it, and then they say, "Oh, can I touch it?" As they're pulling on your, you know, that's just, how it works. That's how it works, and we're not. I, I feel like we're not even joking. No, <laughs> like, I'm not I, joking. This yeah, has happened to me. <laughs> this has happened to me. <laughs> uh, like, 
when when people touch your hair, they do not ask. When white no. people touch your hair, it is already happening. It's, and they, yeah. can I touch your hair as they're grabbing you at your yeah. hair? And, and then they're like, oh no, I yeah. shouldn't touch your hair as they're still touching yeah. your hair. <laughs> that's why you always see videos of like people like, oh man, like the the head move is always like, yeah. oh why? Because it's always you gotta. You know, it's yeah, a swivel, but yeah, this Duck. movie is definitely like touching my hair, not asking. Yeah. Like, mm. it just assumed I lived in the projects, it just assumed that, like, you know, everybody <laughs> was shooting everybody up no matter what. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's honestly not like the greatest of movies in general, it's not even like mm. a pretty good movie, it's no fairly mid. <laughs> And, and it has like not a whole lot to offer me as far as like sports movies go. Like I'll definitely watch Bad no. News Bears like twenty times before I watch this, for sure. Well, speaking of that, let's yeah. go and see if anybody anybody have any good recommendations about movies to watch instead of Hardball. Dude, I'm I'm gonna start and end mine by saying the moment in a league of their own where the black woman baseball player like throws the lead a, a lob because it landed over in the colored section mm -hmm. does more for civil rights and social <laughs> upheaval than hardball even like the before before he finished that script that scene yep. did more yep <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like that's one tiny scene, wordless scene in a movie yep. and this movie is just like shitting all over that legacy bro sure is so watch <laughs> a league of their own that's a fun baseball movie ashley what about you mm, i'm always terrible with recommendations even on our own podcast i'm usually like that's fine Brittany. um <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know like i can't think of one that's not white savory which i feel like that's probably why i don't watch that many sports movies to begin with because the only thing i can think of that i actually have watched a number of times and and enjoyed was remember the titans but that's like also pretty yeah pretty rough um, yeah. in times. Yeah. so there. yeah um i don't know i don't really have one that would be good because i don't think they've made one like this yet <laughs> so once they decide to get on that then yeah. i might be present but okay, <laughs> for yeah. now i'm not really sure if i can recommend one that would take the place and suck less <laughs> yeah uh Brittany I don't know if I have one to necessarily fill the void of this but watching this it, it really reminded me of the Mighty Ducks yeah um yeah. because Gordon Bombay was a raggedy bitch too <laughs> and um he learned a lesson over the course of working with the kids um and the kids were like you were saying, like a group of misfits and they were getting into shit and they had to learn to work with him. He had to learn to work with them and he had to get over himself. He had to get over his selfishness mm. to um, become an actual coach to the kids. So he had to grow as a person um, through coaching. Whereas yeah. in Harbaugh, Keanu didn't just really. skated on by. Mm -hmm. uh, he yeah, literally I, gets by just by being a mediocre white man. Yeah, sure mm -hmm. does. All you need. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say if you want to watch a movie about kids from Chicago overcoming adversity through sports, you should just watch Hoop Dreams, which is a documentary. Oh. About these two kids uh, from Chicago who are both basketball so players and they're both like really angling to go to college and eventually the NBA and you get to really have 
an intimate look at their lives and kind of like what it's like to be a, a, a young person and an athlete, but also like, you know, they're going through it. Neither of them are coming from, from means and from money. And like, there's little triumphs in there. I think one of like one of the kids' moms like finishes nursing school during the course yeah. of the movie. And like, there's a lot of really like great small moments in there, but it's also the reality of like, yeah, like sports isn't going to fix all your problems. Like you're going to have, moments and and things in life where like you know the ups and downs of sports you can have you know those highs and lows but also like you're also going to continue to have to live life outside of sports and like grow as a person and as an adult and for a lot of young kids specifically kids coming out of these situations you got to grow up real quick because as soon as you hit a certain level and like as soon as you get a certain amount of publicity like there's cameras in your face and there's I mean if we're going to keep it 100 there's white people like just keeping tabs on you at all times and like your stock is literally rising and falling in their eyes every time you show up and and either play well or play poorly or do something off the court mm -hmm. so um you know it still holds up all these years later i watched it last year and it's still a great movie it's a tough movie to watch it's a times. tough it's movie it's really good though um but it is it is a prime sports documentary if you're looking for you know some good some good sports content to watch but that's gonna wrap it up for hardball Ashley, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us and joining with us. Uh, please tell everybody, A, where they can listen to the podcast and then also where they can find you guys and what you're up to. Um, so you can listen to Black Girl Film Club um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, we show up in a lot of random places. So um, if you have another like podcast aggregate, that you like we're probably on there <laughs> thanks to the work of some other people but um that's black girl film club all spelled out um we're on twitter at blk girl film club um, we hang out there a lot um you can also follow us on instagram if you're like into that <laughs> and um yeah and you can also email us um blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com um you know give us some some fan letters tell us how you um you know if you liked us on here, <laughs> some people give us some people give us feedback. Honestly, it's really good because sometimes we're like, I feel like there's been a couple of episodes. I'm like, damn, did we go too hard? <laughs> somebody mm. will, somebody will, you know, email us and tell us like, hey, yeah, we like this. So it feels good to be affirmed. Um, yeah. And I'm not doing anything <laughs> outside the <laughs> podcast, really. Just out here living life, functioning. Um, at a, you know, at a. 10% sometimes, but <laughs> I'm here. I'm watching a movie every so often. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Getting by. Um, my Twitter feed is full of me talking about television. So I don't know if anybody wants to follow me there. <laughs> I mean, drop it for the people if they want. Oh, yeah. It's just my name. It's Ashley Air, A Y E R. Don't be weird. <laughs> Since you have my full name now, please don't be weird. But yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm watching a television show. I'm trying to find a good tacos here in california so mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> yeah uh Brittany, what about you yeah um we are like on a mini break we'll be back um with new episodes of black girl film club it's oh next month um this yeah, month. I'm, well, yeah I'm, this week i guess October. oh yeah Soon. once again time continues to trip us up mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, just chilling, watching movies. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at it's underscore Britney. And it's spelled like Britney Spears, so B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. Nice. Cameron? 
find me at the blipster 1138 that's on twitter and instagram yeah still out here making the jokes <laughs> on the twitters <laughs> um yeah you can catch me out here revealing my age <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm jordan clark you can find me on twitter at jr sosa 18 jr sosa 18 doing comic stuff comic news probably coming soon as i continue to develop these projects but you will be the first to know on this podcast so hey uh, hold the space <laughs> and yeah if you ever want to get in touch with us you can find us at white underscore pod on twitter you can also write to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for us. You know, RIP G baby. Uh, RIP G baby. <laughs> do it for G baby. <laughs> uh, but thanks everybody for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. Thanks. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.